In a period of change like the current high inflationary environment, escalating living, uh, living costs rather across the board uh, can force us to make adjustments to our finances. And yes, some, not all adjustments are necessarily negative ones. Some can, you know, help us to form positive habits that can help us achieve better financial planning outcomes over the long term. To talk to us about this, we're joined by Lisa Marie Crawford, who is the head of Manco Distribution at Ellen Gray, and she joins us on the line to look at what kind of positive changes can you apply right now to recalibrate your personal finances. Lisa Marie, thank you so much for your time. I mean, we went from, you know, COVID-19 where people had to recalibrate their budget and adjust to the environment that we're in. And then fast forward, we're in an environment where a lot of central banks are talking higher for longer interest rates. How do we deal with all of that on the back of high inflation? Good evening, Natasha, and um, good evening, all the listeners. It's it's lovely to be with you tonight. Um, well, I think a good starting point really is to is to go back to old um, the old way of doing things, and that's actually to start with your plan. And um, what a lot of us have is some bad financial habits that we need to toss out. So, so maybe a good starting point would be to review those. Um, and actually with inflation on the rise and the cost of living spiking, one of the obvious starting points would be to stop impulsive buying. Discipline really is key when it comes to staying on track to achieve your financial goals. And to benefit from compounding, you have to be disciplined and save regularly and give your investments time to grow. Spending money impulsively as a way of derailing you from your long-term goal without you necessarily even noticing it, as it's usually a little bit here and a little bit there. Um, And while having discipline is easier said than done, I find that knowing what you want to achieve financially, it enables you to say no to the smaller things. And I think there's no better time to stop and pause than just before Black Friday and the upcoming festive season. So um, rather than asking yourself, what do you need? Reframe the question by asking yourself, what can you truly not live without? And if it's something that you both need and you truly can't live without it, then you should probably feel comfortable to add it to your shopping list. Now, another classic culprit is emotional decision-making. Acting too quickly on our emotions can have such a devastating long-term impact on our portfolios. And often it's our own behavior that stops us from changing our financial circumstances and achieving our goals. That's why it's so important to set out that plan um, and to make sure that your investment options matches your goals and your objectives. And, and once that's clear, it's much easier for you to ignore the distractions and the daily news flows and to really be a resilient investor through market cycles. And then the other thing which um, a lot of us probably do is that we're quite scared of talking about money to our loved ones. Um, And that is also a habit really we need to get rid of because frank and honest conversations with loved ones about money are so important for healthy financial habits even though they can sometimes be really uncomfortable. Um, But you you know, you may be getting pressure from family um, 
to pay for expenses that are above your financial abilities or perhaps you need to have a conversation with family about money um, or the importance of setting up a will. But really the only way to foster better financial behavior in these trying times um, is to do so by interrogating your existing beliefs about money and, and really this often starts with a conversation. So, so Nastasha, maybe mm. you know, a very good starting point for us is just to get rid of those three um, things that so often can derail us um, before we even start. I can imagine there are many sort of uh, healthy financial uh, you know, habits that one can focus on cultivating. Um, what are some of those? Absolutely. Um, A very good starting point um, is actually to have a very well thought through budget. Now, I know when we hear the word budget, you immediately think, oh, this is not for me. I don't need a budget. But actually budgeting really is for everyone because it's all about making a a plan about how you spend your money. It it is the first step and should benefit everyone um, to help you understand your current situation before you start to invest. Um, and so really make sure that you keep your budget up to date with new expenses or if your salary changes. So, so first thing is a well thought through budget. But also ensure then that secondly, you strike a good balance between your distant goals and your immediate needs and wants. We often live day to day and focus on the most immediate needs like school fees or mortgage costs, groceries, etc. Um, And an important but not an immediate need is carving out a portion of your spending um, so that you can meet your longer term needs. So really make time to reflect on what you can start to do differently and make sure you're not caught off guard when a crisis hits um, and, you know, save more. You can do better debt management. You can cut back on non-essential spending. That's the kind of thing that you can do for the shorter term. And then put your savings to work is a third and important thing, but focus on the longer term. We all have to sacrifice a portion of our budget to save if you're saving. Mm. Um, But make sure that when you do that, that those sacrifices count um, by investing the assets in in, yeah, or investing that in assets that will actually grow and outstrip inflation in the next 20 or 30 years, um, which means you have to take on a little bit of volatility or risk um, in exchange for returns that can outpace inflation. Um, so rather than keeping your money in a bank account, for example, if you're investing for the medium or the longer term, consider adding some equity exposure and investing in sort of moderate or higher risk funds that align to your risk appetite and time horizon for each of your investment investment goals. Talk to me about the role of an emergency fund uh, in, you know, putting together a well-rounded financial plan and the importance or critical component thereof. Sure. So we often hear that failing to plan is planning to fail. And that is so true when it comes to our finances. And as humans, you know, by nature, we're optimistic. We we don't ever go into a new year thinking that your car is going to break down or you're going to lose your job or there's going to be a medical emergency or your geezer is going to burst. However, these things are, are part of life and, and we can plan for that through a robust financial plan that makes ex- that makes provision for these sort of unplanned expenses um, and puts a lot of pressure on our budgets, actually. And an emergency fund is such an important component of a long-term 
um, well-thought-through financial plan. And as I mentioned, things can happen quickly and unexpectedly. So having that saving spot available gives you protection and options when a crisis hits or unexpected expenses sort of come your way. There are a lot of people who are are dealing with a lot of demands that are placed on their disposable incomes, whether they're dealing with black tax or, you know, helping family members or doing various types of stuff. Uh, What's the best way to approach saving for an emergency fund if your disposable income is stretched as is? Absolutely. So, So I think what's important to mention is what experts deemed to be the right level for your emergency fund. And and so even though there's no hard and fast rule, a good rule of thumb that we talk about in our industry is to accumulate savings equal to about three to six months worth of your expenses. Now, if you're self-employed or you do seasonal work, you may even want to save more. And during the financial crisis of 2007, 2008, many financial experts actually encouraged investors to increase their emergency savings to up to eight months monthly expenses. Now, that is a lot. Um, And actually saving more than three months uh, monthly expenses can be very daunting, particularly when you're already feeling the financial pressure. But it shouldn't stop you from from getting started. Um, Now, what many financial advisors actually encourage their clients to do, those that are paying off large amounts of debt, is to start building your financial, your, your emergency fund alongside paying off your debt. So don't wait until you've, you know, you've paid off your house loan, um, your home loan, because that might be a 20-year journey, but actually try and do these two alongside each other so that you don't um, run the risk of actually falling into a bigger a bigger debt um, hurdle. So those are the kind of things that you, you can do. But importantly, um, on, the, on the more practical side, you need to make sure that your, in, your emergency fund is liquid. Um, if you need it today, then, you know, you can't wait 28 or 30 days for that money to, to reach your bank account. So make sure that it's sort of in a liquid investment, that it's easily accessible, um, and that it is in a low-risk investment because it's typically for sort of shorter time horizons. Ultimately, the idea is that your emergency fund should buy you enough time to manage and recover from a crisis, um, which really is the key component um, or the key reason that you would have such a fund as well. How often should one um, review their emergency fund target? Well, you should think of your emergency fund as a moving target because your income and your expenses change, well, likely a lot over time. Um, And therefore, you should evaluate it regularly alongside your broader financial plans to make sure that it is still sufficient at every point in your life. Um, And when you review your emergency fund, you'll need to take into account factors such as inflation and lifestyle creep um, to accommodate your changing circumstances. Um, Yeah, so make sure, and, and I think it's a very important thing, is to make sure that your emergency fund can fund your lifestyle Otherwise, you might be left out of pocket.
You were talking a little bit earlier about uh, almost having an honest conversation with your relationship with money. Uh, how often should you be having that conversation with your financial advisor uh, in you know, making sure that both of you are on the same page and trying to be able to help you recalibrate those finances if things in 2023 may have not necessarily gone according to plan? Absolutely. Look, I would say at least once a year. Um, but I think having a financial advisor, an independent financial advisor alongside you is like having an accountability partner when you exercise. You know, it, it helps you to be honest. It helps you through difficult sessions. It, it typically inspires competition if, you, if you're talking sports. Um, and it really forces you to um, check in with someone about your progress. And that's exactly what a financial advisor would do. Plus, you can talk to them at any point during the year if your your lifestyle or your circumstances change and, and um, they would be able to provide you with holistic financial advice that suits your specific need and craft a personalized plan um, that, that works for you and, and your changing circumstances. And because we were talking about how this high inflationary environment is escalating living costs, there may be listeners out there who are thinking, well, a financial advisor sounds like a very expensive endeavor or it sounds like something that is for those who are very rich. How do you demystify the role of financial advisors in people's lives? Absolutely. Look, I um, financial advisors play such a crucial and important part. And yes, you do need to pay a fee for the services they offer you, but the value that they add and um, a lot of that is it, it far outstrips, I think, the, the small fee that you pay for the service that, that, that they provide. And one, I personally, what I think one of the most or critical roles that a financial advisor play um, in this space is actually to keep clients on track during times of market uncertainty and market turmoil to make sure that they stay the course, that they don't, um, I guess, fall for this emotional decision-making I was speaking about earlier, but actually that they stick to their long-term plan that, um, yeah, that they stay on track and reach their goals. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it is actually something that everyone should consider, um, and yeah, I, I would encourage you to, to think about your financial plan in a holistic manner and having someone as a partner in that um, to work through that is, is very, very incredible. Lisa Marie, thank you so much for your time. That's Lisa Marie Crawford, who is the head of Manco Distribution at Ellen Gray. Helping you secure your future was brought to you by Ellen Gray. 50 years of long-term investing. Catch the broadcast on Kaya 959.co.za.